Welcome to the American Made and Paid Show, the home of free speech and independent thought. The big story is freedom of speech is really in trouble. The far left knows that at any time they can call for a sponsor boycott of anyone they despise. It is right here, right now, where you'll get your weekly dose of unfiltered truth. It's non-negotiable. Pre-existing conditions will be protected. This president has said this as a candidate. Insight. Very few people I know could have handled it. We can never, ever let this happen to another president again. An information that challenges the American way of life. Welcome, everybody, to the American Made and Paid show. I hope you guys are all doing well. Thank you for continuing to support the show by making this part of your a uh, your listening diet. And uh, I thought today we'd you know shift gears a little bit and talk a little bit about the area, or I should say, the city that I used to be closely affiliated with, San Francisco. I actually did not ever live in San Francisco. I lived in Oakland. For those of you who know me a little bit from my history, from my YouTube videos, lived uh, out in Oakland, California area for a good six plus years until I was forced out of there. <laughs> not because of gentrification or any of that funny stuff, but solely because of uh, politics and progressives. So I was uh, actually doing some reflecting. I hung out with my family last night. And I think we all agree that it was a blessing that I left California because it's just, you know, got stronger in my faith, that type of thing. But San Francisco literally now ranks as one of the most dirtiest cities in the United States, if not the dirtiest. To the point now where app developers have even developed an app with a map that shows you where all the human... <laughs> you know, I forgot the name of that app, but it's, I think it's like... Some, yeah, it's, yeah, that's crazy. Go on, I didn't mean to interrupt. So I was, you know, and I've heard, you know, my Baptist uh, pastor also preach on San Francisco because it's such a godless city. But that's usually what happens, right? When, uh, you know, a civilization or, a, or an area doesn't have, you know, it's all progressive, it's all death culture. You have, you know, open sodomy and you've got people pooing in the streets and doing drugs and hyperbolic needles scattered all over the ground. I don't even know how it's even a safe place to walk around in. Ah, well... And you can talk as a San Franciscan, so I want to hear your perspective because yeah, you, know, you you live in the what the Tenderloin, which is like oh, well, it's, it's uh, well, it's called the Tender Knob, so it's it's technically going to be Knob Hill, but it's I live on a street that borders the Tenderloin, so there's like a buffer street between the uh, Knob Hill and the Tenderloin, so because of that, they call it the Tender Knob. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm not kidding you. Uh, just three days ago, you know, and thank goodness it wasn't my car, but you know, and I was getting my car cause every morning you got to move your car at 9am uh, because that's when they start charging you. Right. So anyway, so as I'm walking to go move my car, you know, there was a ton of flies and I'm thinking, oh, uh Oh, ton of flies mean a ton of feces somewhere. And somebody took a dump on somebody's car like they must they aimed wrong and it got all over the dude's oh like man so not only was it on the floor but it was on this dude's car and i'm thinking see this is insane and at no point did anybody stop this guy from going publicly publicly in the bathroom if, if people you have to understand what it's like on streets like geary street post street uh, those streets are insane, right? Uh, because that's where all of the transgender prostitutes are at. And after they find a date, uh, they go to the bathroom just openly in public. And because uh, a lot of people want to blame the pooping in the streets problem on the homeless. But technically, I would, you know, just from, you know, walking around and making sure everything's okay at night, uh, it's mostly the prostitutes that do that. All those dudes, they just, you know, pull up their dresses, squat, dump, and, and they don't care unless you yell at them, hey, go somewhere else and poop. <laughs> and then they go to some alleyway. But normally, they just poop where they work. 
Oh my goodness. It's, it's uh, yeah, you, people have to see like the male prostitutes out here, the, uh, all the transgender uh, prostitutes. And uh, it's insane. They, they're mostly on Post and Sutter. They're parallel between uh, Polk Street all the way down to Larkin. Mm-hmm. So it, it's insane. Well, so one thing I wanted to talk about it is that it's actually so contaminated with garbage and drug needles and poo that it's actually even worse than some of the world's poorest slums. You can even make it comparable to that. Yeah, you know, well, Los Angeles ain't much better either, but especially throughout the Tenderloin neighborhood, you know, NBC recently did an investigation and they were like surveying just how much, you know, human feces is all over the streets and everything. And I think in just the matter of, I think 15 square miles or 15 city blocks, they found like, uh, like, like 150 pounds of it. I don't want to talk too much about human feces. That's not what this show is about, but I want to talk about what happens when, you know, when there's godlessness in a city you know, yeah. when there's when there's just a lack of because here's the thing, it's also a very wealthy area, but it certainly doesn't seem like it whenever you walk through San Francisco, you know, and it's it's even getting to the point now where I don't think even people want to go to San Francisco just to visit. Much well, okay. live there. Here's the thing. San Francisco has literally turned itself into a third world country. It's a little country by itself. It's not this. I mean, L.A. is very comparable uh, because Skid Row is bad in L.A. It, it, it really is. It's bad. So, but the thing is, it's we just can't say something like it's because of the godlessness that it's so filthy. Because I'm pretty sure cities like Seattle are also pretty godless, but they're not dirty. <laughs> So, but, but the, the thing is like this, what makes San Francisco the way, how it is so dirty? How is that? Possible? So yeah, explain that. Cause you're a, you're a native, you've been there forever. So what made it so dirty? Well, the, the main reason is because, well, not the main reason I'm going to say the only reason is because of how the cities ran. So in order to understand how dirty the city is, you have to look at how is the city run? What are the responsibilities of the city people, the city employees, the government employees? Mm-hmm. I mean, right? I don't know. I forgot the name of the city that you live in, but I know you live close to Scottsdale. No, 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 no. I'm talking about oh, Tempe. Yeah. So in Tempe, I'm pretty sure they have government employees that do their job, right? Right. They, they have sanitation people. They have people who check to make sure the streets are paved. Uh, no potholes, things like that. I know. Sorry about that. The baby's uh, <laughs> she's like when she does her thing, she she hums. But anyway, uh, going back to um, well, what made it so dirty? So how is the city run? Because you're very involved with the politics of the city. What makes it so but so see, much dirtier than some of these other progressive run well, cities? That's that's the thing. You have to in order to understand my answer, people have to understand how governments are ran. So in Tempe, they have, you know, most likely a, some sort of maintenance, you know, mm-hmm. uh, a, a, a division. You right. know, in San Francisco, there's two. There is uh, the Department of Public Works and then the San Francisco Muni Transportation, oh, Municipal Transportation Agency, mm-hmm. yeah. the SFMTA. So the SFMTA tells people you know they work with the department of public works and how sidewalks are maintained how the public streets are maintained which makes no sense think about it there's two agencies (laughs) why would there be two agencies is beyond me i mean it's like the the sfmta they're the people who give you Uh oh sfmta are the people who give you the parking tickets (laughs) <laughs> right. right that was that was a very abrupt scream i hope the listeners don't get so yeah like that's nah, just how it is um, always the baby I man i don't know what happened to the counselor she's not here but anyways so um <laughs> yeah normally she's here but she's not here now uh so anyway so long story short the sfmta they are tasked with maintaining the sidewalks right 
along with the Department of Public Works. But the funny thing is, Shh, baby, I know it's okay. Oh, did you hear? Did you hear? <laughs> she went. She went. Yeah, <laughs> good. No, look! Oh my God! But for all the listeners who are listening, Professor Greg typically has his daughter on the show, which is why you guys hear a lot of babies. So I'm sorry if that's a little off-putting, but you know you got to do what you got. Yeah. Oh no! But she literally she made that sound, which is oh good. Now she's yeah. No, because she's so young. It's normally people don't do that till they're two. She's not even a year and a half. So for her to do that's like oh my goodness. That's awesome. That's a brainiac kid. But anyway, so <laughs> no, because but anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, uh, so going back to what I was saying about the SFMTA and whatnot. So the public uh, Department of Public Works, they them and SFMTA, San Francisco Municipal Transportation Agency, they are in charge of the sidewalks. But here's the kicker: the people who own private property are responsible for the upkeep of their sidewalks right in front of their building. Ah, so here's the deal. They own private property, right? The state owns the sidewalks or whatnot, but they're responsible for cleaning up the sidewalks? Is that the goal here? Well, not just if there's graffiti, if there's feces, it's their job to clean it up every day. That's their job is to clean it all up. So the question becomes, what do these people do? We spend billions of dollars in San Francisco. I'm not exaggerating. They have a billion dollar budget to, for these things. They have passed bonds. They mm-hmm. have passed a lot of things to make, uh, to make that possible of the maintenance of the sidewalks. But it doesn't uh, go. Yeah, I'm sorry. We got a big piece keep, keeps making noise. We got to. Yeah, she, she, she does this humming thing, which is kind of weird. But but anyway, so you guys got to forgive that. But um, mm-hmm. but the thing is, that's that's really the uh, that that's the, the heart of the issue. Who is literally responsible for cleaning up these sidewalks? Is it really the public, or is it really uh, private owners? Mm-hmm. that's a real issue because the thing is like this the way the city has written up its policies the government will look at these sidewalks once every 25 years <laughs> think about that seriously if a sidewalk isn't looked at but once every 25 years mm-hmm. come on how can you maintain cleanliness in your city Think about that. In Tempe, would you guys really pay all of these taxes so the government is only looking at well, these? Well, San Francisco's got road cleaners just like any other city. And no, that's a street sweeper. Oh, that's a street so, sweeper. So they do street sweeping. Oh. But when okay. they're doing street sweeping, that's fine. Right. But does it really work? All of, Does it really cost billions of dollars for street sweeping? See, now, sidewalks maintenance in San Francisco, come on, when you're walking on the sidewalk, you see needles, you see human feces. That's a real problem. And the thing is, it's like um, this real problem of of feces and drug needles and just broken glass and broken sidewalks because the trees, they break through the concrete. So... Who's responsible for that? That really can't be the responsibility of a private citizen mm-hmm. who, okay, so here's the process, right? So the street sidewalk team, like there's literally a, a team of like eight people in San Francisco who all get paid in the six figures, anywhere between 100 to 150,000 a year. But these eight people, that's a that's million dollars in salary. So those eight people, right? Those eight people are walking around the city and they give private owners, hey, look, you got to fix this. You got 30 days to fix it, blah, 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 blah. Right. So in those 30 days, what happens with the private owner? The private owner has to find a construction company to fix whatever it is that needs to be fixed. And those private companies, those construction guys, have to be approved by the city of San Francisco. And they have a list of two guys that you can only use. 
And who, how do those two construction companies get their, you know, get this gig? I don't know. But that's the point. If these two dudes who are the only two companies you can use, mm -hmm. they can charge San Franciscan private property owners any amount of money they want, and there's nothing anybody can do. Why? Because that's the San Franciscan law. Do you see how impossible it is to get a sidewalk fixed? Yeah, I see what you're manner? saying. Yeah, because screwed of, up. <laughs> well, but the thing is like this: is it really an issue of godliness, or is it just an issue of politicians taking advantage of stupid people who want to rely on the government? The second, the second it's, thing you said. No, but it, but that's the truth. See, because these guys don't want to have any sort of self-reliance and they give away every single, I don't want to say every single right, but, mm -hmm. but in San Francisco in particular, there is not one San Franciscan that knows anything about being a sovereign person or being self-reliant. Forget about sovereignty. What about just being self-reliant on some things? Well, but, that's but the that's thing. Is like finding because because that's very conservative thinking. Everybody in San Francisco. Here's the thing that I remember, and and this is just the one character trait that describes a lot of people there. Not all. I'm not talking about all. One of the biggest things was people would just love to complain. People just complain all the time, right? And you know, it's funny because. Typically, for somebody who does their own thing, who are, is self-sustaining, that's usually not the thing. I just remember that being a big aspect of it, right? People don't really like to just fix things, you know? They'd rather complain about it, about why it's never getting fixed, but nobody ever wants to bat up. Okay, so. Well, see, now, the why it never gets fixed is totally different than the how it doesn't get fixed. How it doesn't get fixed is because... You know, government bureaucracy, there's two construction companies that are only allowed to fix the sidewalks of a public, privately owned sidewalk, which is all the sidewalks in the city practically. So, so re remember, the public does not own sidewalks. Mm -hmm. Sidewalks in California are all privately owned. But they, have, they can't charge you for using a sidewalk. So, um, but that's actually part of your property. Um, right. So that people have to remember that. So okay. what is the why? Why isn't it fixed? Why isn't it this or that? Blah, blah, blah. So here's the why. When, okay. So in San Francisco, San Francisco does own some sidewalks, like on Market Street, you know, Market Street, right? Yeah, of course, of course. Okay, so you know where there's bricks on Market Street? Like where the um, the cable cars are at and down by the financial district, there's uh, those are bricks, right? So yeah. whenever you see, some, uh, and on Mission Street, I believe there's like fancy tiles on the sidewalk to make it, you know, for tourists and stuff. So the, when, when the city owns those sidewalks or they're responsible for the upkeep of those sidewalks, Mm -hmm. They are now liable for it. So they have people cleaning it and stuff like that. But again, they follow the same rules that they would, you know, they mandated on private people. So remember, a private person's sidewalk is only checked once every 25 years. And that also goes, that's true for a public owned sidewalk, like in San Francisco once every 25 years so if you get hurt on a public sidewalk guess what the rules for the government are the exact same as if you're a private citizen mm -hmm. if a private citizen like safeway or whoever if you're injured at a safeway property like there's somebody spilled milk and they slipped and somebody slipped on that milk in order to sue safeway you have to prove to Safeway that you gave them, that Safeway knew that there was some kind of spill on the floor, right? So how can Safeway know 
that something was 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 broken. You know what I mean? So if there was a spill on the floor, is Safeway liable for you falling on that spilled milk? And their answer is maybe. It just depends on the circumstances. Sure. You know, how long was that milk on the floor? Was it an hour? Well, if it was an hour, then somebody should have noticed it. So then you can sue. But if the if the spill was only there for 10 minutes, then you can say, well, you know, it just happened. And Safeway, you know, they were busy. So it takes a while for the janitor to make the rounds. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's it's hard to sue somebody when you slip and fall. So if an old person is walking on Market Street or Mission Street and there's a missing brick or there's uh, some kind of phalange on the sidewalk. Right. That person trips and falls. Is are, is San Francisco liable for that guy's fall? And they're going to say no. Why? Because they had no idea that it was broken. And by law, they don't have to check up on anything but once every 25 years. So if nobody complained to the city about a broken sidewalk, guess what? They're not going to be sued. And because they, it's really difficult to sue the, uh, any government agency, but it's super difficult to, to sue the San Franciscan government, uh-huh. that's the why. If you can't sue somebody and make them pay, then why would they change? Why would they spend the money, the billions of dollars? I'm like, I'm not kidding you. They spend, there's a billion dollar budget just for, for maintenance of the roads and sidewalks. Right. So why should they spend that money fixing the roads and sidewalks? Why should they? There's no incentive to do anything. Well, well, not just no incentive, but there is absolutely no reason to do it. Think about that. If I'm going to give you a billion dollars, and I don't have, like, I'm not going to get in trouble if I don't do my job. Why would I do my job? Re- that kind of reminds me of what Thomas Sowell said uh, about, uh, about being a US, uh, UCLA professor. Why would he be a professor when he can make the same money doing nothing? <laughs> Seriously, why would you choose to work hard? If somebody gives you a choice, uh, two options, hey, look, I'm going to give you a billion dollars to do nothing. Well, I'm going to give you a billion dollars to work hard. Most people, probably me included, we would choose to do nothing and get the money for free. I think all of us would, which is why it's dangerous to have that condition people for too long. Well, but but think about that, though. Uh, counselor's back. <laughs> so that's good. I saw but, yeah. But the thing is like this. Seriously. That's the major problem in San Francisco. You just can't up and sue them for no reason. And only through, because think about this. This is, uh, yeah, so this is going to turn out to be a a, a legal uh, podcast because people need to understand uh, why lawsuits are the way they are. So there's something called punitive damages. Punitive damages are given to punish people. Mm-hmm. Because when you sue somebody, like usually uh, when you sue a government, it's extremely difficult to get punitive damages because, you know, you have to prove. Okay, so in order to get punitive damages, you have to prove two thi- uh, three things. The three things are this. One, that the government was, was really being oppressive. Like whatever they did was meant to oppress you as a person, as an individual. Right. The second thing you got to prove that it was done with malicious intent. So, you know, you know, they, well, usually if you're going to oppress somebody, it usually is done with malicious intent. But, you know, sometimes like, you know, as they say, des par et impact, it's unintentional. Even though you're oppressing a person, it's unintentional. And because it's unintentional, you can't really say, well, that's that's malicious. It's not. But the other thing you have to also prove is despicable behavior. So on top of the other two, you also have to prove 
some sort of despicable behavior on that individual. And it's really difficult to get punitive damages. Why? Because it's not really tangible. You know, that's the well, thing. You can't prove what's inside somebody's heart. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's not, it's not, it's not something you can just write down and, you know. Anyway, but, but that's the thing. It, it's, it's punitive damages. It's hard to get. And it's, it's, it's because it's not that it's hard to prove, but it's, it's, there's such a high standard to get punitive damages. And when you're trying to sue a government, mm -hmm. you know, they're protected by things like, Oh, well, was it within the scope of the law or, you know, and if there's no physical violence, you know, certain, certain things you can tell. Yeah. You know, this cop, he just started beating on me. You know, that, that's, that's despicable. We believe physical violence is despicable. Or if we say something, yeah, the teacher molested me, that's despicable. That was, you know, done out of malicious intent because you just don't grab somebody by the privates. And you know what I mean? Like there's certain things. So just stealing money, is that really despicable? Is that done maliciously? And that's the problem. A lot of people don't see government employees as malicious people. And that's a sad thing. Well, see, because my thing is like this. I believe that government employees are nothing more than welfare, welfare recipients. Yeah, you've said that. Yeah, no, but it's the truth. I, I believe that. It, it's a welfare job. It shouldn't be, government employees should not be making as much as private employees. They shouldn't because it's welfare. I'm not giving, I'm not paying taxes. So some politician or some librarian or even a school teacher mm -hmm. is going to become a millionaire off of my taxes. That's not the purpose of the government. The purpose of the government is to serve the people. And if you're serving the people, it is a calling the same way people are called to become evangelical. Right. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't given that calling to, to be some sort of preacher, mm -hmm. not my calling. <laughs> no, but it's true. Like that, that sermon uh, of the warrior spirit, you know, I think my calling is more of a fighting type of a person versus, you know, somebody who can honestly bring you to, to Jesus or something like that. I'm probably like the worst guy, you sure. know? So, but Government employees have that same thing. Mm -hmm. You know, they're making less money to do the good for the people. And if you are telling me that you have a calling to serve the public mm -hmm. and then you're stealing money, not doing your job, that's theft. Not doing your job is theft of public funds. Right. But nobody sees it that way. Seriously, how many people said, hey, when the dudes at the DMV aren't doing their job, uh, you know, working as hard as they can and as fast as they can, that's, nobody calls them out and says, hey, that's theft of public money. Mm -hmm. And nobody says that. There is no expectations of that. Instead, what do we do? We hire politicians to make all of those people immune from lawsuits. Right. I'm not kidding. That's what makes the counselor so special. The, it's extremely difficult to sue people who are immune from the law. <laughs> Seriously, think about that. These public officials are immune from the law. That is how, that's what immunity is. Mm -hmm. If you're immune to something, that means it doesn't apply to you. Every single politician, every single police officer, every single judge, every district attorney, every person at the government level are all immune to lawsuits. Right. You can do it, but it's extremely difficult. You have to have an understanding of the Constitution that is far beyond your average person the, you know, the average people, they don't know the constitution. They don't know their rights. They don't know how it's applied in normal everyday living.
-hmm. And because of that, these politicians, these government employees, they can do whatever they want. You think the mayor has a lot of power? Bullshit. The mayor doesn't have any power over anybody at, D, uh, at the Department of Public Works. I was going to say DPW, but nobody will know. But the Department of Public Works in San Francisco, they can do whatever they want. They are immune to anybody telling them anything. The mayor doesn't know. The mayor has no power. The mayor can't say, oh, yeah, I'm going to make sure these guys do their job. No, she can't. Why? Because they're immune. Right. All they got to do is show up to work and not kill anybody. As long as you're not killing anybody, you can do whatever you want. And that's why most of these government employees steal the government money. They just sit back. Okay, I would say this. Your average San Francisco government employee, they get paid for eight hours of work every day. They do about 45 minutes of work a day. So it's seven hours. 15 that sounds minutes. like every job that everybody works at. That's a nine to five office job, though. Yeah, but see, but that's the point. See, now a private employer knows how to handle those types of people and you get fired. Right. If, if you're honestly only working 45 minutes a day doing nothing. Then either you're bringing in a lot of money to the company or you're going to get fired. And there's nothing you can do about it. If you get fired, well, that's what happens. California is an at-will state. So an employer can fire you for any reason. That is not true for government employees. Government employees all have contracts. <laughs> and there has to be a process followed in order to even give them a written letter of reprimand. You can't even just write them a, a letter of, hey, look, I'm telling you now, if you don't shape up correctly, you will be docked. You can't even do that without legal representation. Mm -hmm. Seriously, can you imagine if every employee at McDonald's had that legal representation when they were going to get written up for not flipping the burgers or serving dirty patties on the floor? They drop a hamburger patty. Oh my God, I dropped a hamburger patty. And you know what? Yeah, I'm going to give it to the guy anyway. So your manager sees you keep dropping hamburger patties on the floor and they want to write you up, but you can't write them up unless they have legal representation. Right. Can you imagine how expensive hamburgers would be at McDonald's if that was the case? <laughs> Seriously, because the government has to pay for that legal representation. They do. And how is that remotely a good way to run any sort of company? How is that even human? That's the thing that doesn't make any sense. California is at will. Anybody can get fired for any reasons, unless you work for the government. Then the government has to pay for all of these legal responsibilities, all of these legal representation. And I feel like a lot of those civil rights laws and everything, like, protecting first amendment and all that only really applies to public companies, which is government companies. Yeah, no, but it's the truth. That's the thing is you don't really have free speech. Not at work. Not at work. You don't. Cause it's a private entity. Like Colin Kaepernick should not have been allowed to kneel. If that's the company policy, if the company policy says, Hey, no political activities at all. No social statements at all. Just do your job. If you're at McDonald's, mm -hmm. you can't wear a shirt that says, fuck the police. You can't. You have to wear a McDonald's uniform. But you can if you work for Congress or something. Exactly. Or yeah. if you work at the NFL, obviously, you know, most likely. Well, apparently now because it's become that way. Yeah, exactly. But, but you can't speak out against China. Because the NBA will come down hard against you, you know, but that's the truth. They can do that because it's a private entity, a public entity. These guys can do whatever they want. Oh, it's my free, no, you know, it, it's not. Free speech does not, it doesn't uh, go with your employer. It doesn't. If an employer tells you, hey, look, you can't wear a hijab, you can't. Because this is dirty, this is, or whatever reasons. You cannot get a job if that hijab is not 
with what this what's uh, you know in store for this this uh private company a private company can deny you hell a private company can not hire you for being ugly yeah. if the job calls for you to be good looking and sexy well guess what fat people can't sue well they can try what they're gonna lose because a private person has that right and the thing is we have to treat the government just like it was a private entity mm-hmm. when it comes to responsibilities and expectations it makes no sense that public officials public you know departments like like um the department of public works san francisco um, municipal transportation agency why are these people not held to account for their actions it makes no sense it really doesn't and um well it does make sense because we the people allow this to happen and until we start waking up i mean come on how long has this been going on for at least a hundred years yeah over a hundred years ever since Woodrow wilson took over he has built a government that allows for this nonsense to happen and right now the republicans are just as bad as the democrats you cannot sue a republican uh, anybody it just so happens that they're better at protecting individual liberties your pursuit of happiness mm-hmm. you know, whereas liberals are, are just they don't care they don't give a two two bits about what is right or wrong or whatever and that's where godlessness comes into play so the godlessness comes in with the type of politicians you guys elect we elect politicians who are godless therefore we have people pooping on people's cars after they have sex for money (laughs) with other men men having sex with other men just pooping after each one that's what's happening so this whole thing about why San Francisco is so dirty has more to do with how it's being run, especially down like the sidewalks, what you just described. Well, not just how it's ran, but the judicial system that won't allow the government to be sued because they are immune to everything. And they say, well, if the law says they're immune, but you're a judge. You should make that judgment that it's unconstitutional to make them immune from the law. No person or entity should be above the law. It doesn't make any sense that they only do this against Republicans and not Democrats. Democrats are held to a different standard. Right. You know, Democrats are known for being kind of slimy. So therefore... Yeah, it's expected. They voted for a slimy person, so why should they be held accountable? But conservatives, they're Christian, and they have their beliefs, and because they're going up against their own beliefs, we're going to hold them accountable. Seriously, that's why people hold them accountable. There is no reason to hold a conservative more accountable than a liberal. keep, Keep talking, yeah. But the reason why is because it's that simple. Conservatives are known to be Christians, and because they're being hypocritical most of the time, they will be held in contempt. They will be held accountable for whatever it is that they're trying to do against the government. Uh, Not against the government, for the government. Uh, So if somebody gets caught having an affair, well, that's a bad thing. It's a big deal because he's a Christian. But if a liberal has an affair, it's not a big deal. Why? Eh, it's a joke. He's a joking kind of guy. He doesn't believe anything. He's not a Christian person. He doesn't believe that it's uh, it should be wrong. If a non-Christian person said, grab her by the vagina, well, guess what? No one's going to care because it's expected. And if it's expected, is that person really bad if he told you in advance? And the question, and the answer is no. That's how come San Francisco is really crappy mm-hmm. because nobody holds it accountable for anything because there's no expectations. Why? Nobody's a Christian. There's no Christian people in San Francisco, and if there are, they don't admit it. Not one. I I seriously doubt any person 
on the board of San Francisco supervisors are Christian people. None. And there's no expectation for them to be. And, uh, you know, so should they be held accountable when they have affairs or do anything that's ethically wrong? No. Why? Because they're unethical people. Mm-hmm. And there's no expectations of that. And that's just how it works. That's just the, the community we live in. And when every single person is unethical or they don't hold their leaders, they don't hold their government officials to do any type of work. Well, you're going to get a city filled with poop and you can make money with apps to avoid that. poop. Avoid it. Yeah. It creates jobs. Why not continue to have it happen? It creates jobs. No, but it's, it's kind of sad, but yeah, that's, there's, that's the job. I mean, you can, I don't know how many people work at that, thing but at least 10 people have good jobs because of that app but then again like i said in a previous episode the people who pick up drug needles they make about 110,000 a year picking up drug needles you know they get the uh they have their gloves the little hazmat gloves and they have a little you know five foot pole that helps them pick up the needles so they don't have to put and then they put it in the uh yeah and um and needle exchange used to be a big thing that uh, a lot of the nonprofits for the homeless would work on, you know, which is basically cleaning it up, kind of making no, sure. No, but I forgot the name. Oh, Sharps Container. Is that what it's called? Yeah, a Sharps Container. So that that's what they do. They pick up the needles with some kind of stick and they put it in the Sharps Container. And that's right. it. And they get 110000 bucks for that. I really don't know how dangerous that job is. Yeah, I know. I was just going to say, it's just, I don't know if it's worth the needle exchange is such a, (laughs) not a job for everybody. Let's just say. No, but think about this though. Who's going to complain about that? What San Franciscan and and you know it too. You're in a band with these people. Mm Mm-hmm. What type of people, who do you know in San Francisco who's going to complain? No one. Seriously. That's just not what the, what about in Tempe? Do you know any people in Tempe who honestly hold their politicians or their street sleepers accountable for anything? That I don't know, to be honest. I do. That's why everybody, you know, everybody freaks out on me because they go, damn, dude, you're crazy. I'm like, you damn right. That's because these dudes are to be held accountable. Like the meter maid, mm-hmm. I don't care if it's a guy or a girl. If they're giving out tickets and the meter's broken, I yell at them. <laughs> I'm like, hey, you can't be doing that. I said, are you going to give refunds? Do you guys give refunds when I lose $2 in, in quarters in the stupid machine? And if the no. Board, yeah. They don't. And so anyway, yeah, I'll chase them down and, oh, man. People think I'm crazy, but, you know, because they think it's a waste of time. It's like, no, it's not. I said, you got to do this. This is what you do. You got to berate the government employees and let them know that we know that they're not doing their jobs and they're not doing their jobs correctly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then they go back and then they turn, uh, they tell people, uh, their bosses, yeah, man, on this street, they're complaining and they're yelling at me and it's unsafe. And hopefully they get the police involved because I'll yell at the cops too. You know what I mean? Because you got to yell at the government. If you don't tell the government that they're not doing their job, then nothing's ever going to get changed. And they got immune. Yeah. And then the counselor, I don't know if you heard the counselor said, and they're immune because if you don't tell them, they don't have notice to make any corrections. And that's the point. So it's your job to yell at government employees. Why? Because as the counselor just said in the background, that's how they become immune because they're going to say, I didn't know. I didn't know this thing was broken. I didn't know the sidewalk was broken. I didn't know somebody pooped on someone's car in the public streets. I didn't advise people to yell at the employees. Oh, yeah. Well. Say in a, uh, <laughs> it, the way you can say in a more professional way to complain about it. Yeah, the counselor, just, I don't know if you heard that, but the counselor said, yeah, don't. She goes, I wouldn't advise yelling. Cause I yell because you got to do it professionally, <laughs> but if they don't listen, I'm telling you now, they don't listen to you unless you yell at them. 
<laughs> if, if you're, I mean, because look, the counselor is very good, but she's also, I mean, that's how women are. I mean, I think that's why women should be in charge because women aren't like men. See, because men, it's just what we do. Mm-hmm. We yell at people. We want, like, seriously, I want to kill these people. And I just, like, seriously, oh, man, like, you have no idea. I just want to, because I don't know if it's because I know I can, but <laughs> I just want to beat the crap out of them. You know, just one quick kick to the head or just, you know, something. Well, yeah, and, and let's, let's, let's revisit a little bit more about why San Francisco is also so dirty. I also learned this, and this is just another unique perspective, in that a lot of other cities actually ship their homeless to San Francisco. <laughs> I know, that's true. <laughs> they put them on a bus, yeah, from like, say, New York or somewhere else. And I'll be honest, it's a lot easier to be homeless in San Francisco than it is in New York because you got to deal with the weather. Can you imagine, like, you know, the New York homeless are more aggressive because, dude, that New York City nights in the wintertime, like, that's brutal. That's that's rough, you know. Whereas San Francisco, it doesn't get as bad as cold, you know. So that that is also another aspect to it where they actually, all over the United States, they get shipped here. They get put on a bus. It's like if they can't deal with them there, they all come here. And it's such a big population because not a lot of them are actually even from there. They get shipped in from other cities or they get put on a bus. I'm not kidding you. When I used to work in emergency, uh, psych emergency, yeah, I'm not going to say where, but it was one <laughs> of the county hospitals in the Bay Area. <laughs> I'll just say that. Every once in a while, we'd have this thing called LA therapy. <laughs> and uh, we did it to that one guy who was a HIV positive male prostitute. It was like the seventh or eighth time he came in. And, uh, and he said like at this point, and he said he had slept with like 200 dudes without protection. And, um, you know, and the doctor finally said, you know, we can't have this. We can't have this. We, it's just, the risk is too great. And he goes, it's time for LA therapy. Mm-hmm. And so he goes, you know, he goes, Hey, uh, professor, do you want to take a trip to the airport? I'm like, I said, ah, man, I said, of course not, but I'll do it. If you're telling me to do it, I'll do it because you're the doctor. And then he goes, yeah, we're going to have to just do uh, some LA therapy. So I just took the dude to the airport, gave him his ticket <laughs> and dropped him off, made sure he got to the right terminal and, and yeah, got on the plane and, you know, because you got to buy the ticket, put him in it, in his name and, you know, but because he's a little crazy, he might run away. You know what I mean? Just walk him, make sure that, you know, he has his proper ID, whatever. And, you know, just like the bare minimum that you need to get on a plane. And they, most of these guys can do it. And it's just a one-way ticket. Right. And now they're stuck in L.A., being crazy down in L.A., prostituting, and that's L.A.'s problem. Yeah, but it's been a thing that we've done this. I mean, but then again, I haven't been a nurse in over 10 years. Things that might have changed. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's a common thing because why? You don't know where this guy's from. Because um, usually when that happens, it's usually because the guy has no history. We can't find his family. And he's a real public nuisance. Right. You know, think about it. That guy, he probably slept with like, two to three thousand people oh. and the nine times that he's been there and then a 200 people in a three-month gap that's a lot of dudes you know what i mean and that's a lot of aids and so you know yeah i mean because a lot of people are like how can you do that how can, i was like i was like look man like the, how i see things you got to protect your own community mm-hmm. and, and you just can't have some you know and, and look this is just the life of of a lot of gay dudes you know um like that person just committed suicide um daphne the transgender comedian she committed suicide two nights ago Mm -hmm. and uh she was i didn't know anything about that but well okay so dave Chappelle did some kind of show called sticks and stones oh daphne dorman yeah what happened to her Oh, because she was featured in Chappelle's Sticks and Stones. Well, no, that's not why she committed suicide, but I'm just letting people know this is how gay people live. This is what gay people have to go through every day. 
whether it's AIDS or HIV or these weird diseases, it's hard to be gay. Mm-hmm. It's not an easy life. I mean, like, like seriously, like a lot of people are like, dude, you hate gays. Like, nah, I actually feel sorry for them. Like, like, cause I've seen it, you know what I mean? Not just from being a nurse, but from being on the streets, I see what they go through. Yeah. Being gay. I mean, they are really messed up in the head. You know, which is why the San Francisco is so dirty. Why is San Francisco so dirty? It's, you know, a big part of it is the drug users, but it's also all of the male prostitutes. Between the drug users and the male prostitutes, San Francisco is dirtier than Mexico. Seriously, Mexico is not as dirty as people think. It's dangerous, but at least it ain't dirty. Seriously, Mexico is hella clean in comparison to San Francisco. Like, you know, what's a dirty city in Arizona? I don't even know. Well, it's like Mexico. <laughs> That's my point. Right. A dirty city in Mexico or Texas is just like Mexico. It ain't that different. But San Francisco is a special type of dirty. It's like India dirty. Because in India, they don't have septic tanks and, you know. Oh, yeah. It's like that. Sewage systems. So it's filthy in a lot of parts of India. A great part of India is filthy. Just like San Francisco. San Francisco is filthy because of the drug, drug addicts and not the female prostitutes, but the male gay prostitutes, also known as transgender. Mm-hmm. You got to be real clear and real specific. You cannot fix a problem until you identify the problem. Two issues. Government is immune from lawsuits, so they don't have to clean up the city. Two the male prostitutes and the drug addicts make the city a mess. That's it in a nutshell. But, you know, it's, uh, you know, but at the same time, instead of just blaming gays, we got to realize like, hey man, gays are, they're really messed up in the head. It's not like the way the Pete Beater judge tries to make it seem like, oh yeah, this is gay life. You become politicians and some kind of outstanding Christian moral guy. That's how he tries to portray himself. But that's not reality. Reality is, it's San Francisco. You know, that's how it is in in to be gay. Mm-hmm. To be gay is to be San Francisco. <laughs> filthy as, as all, it's as filthy as you can imagine. Right. I mean, you probably can't, most people can't imagine how filthy it is until you come here because most people are just never experienced the type of filth that gay people honestly you know create (laughs) that's gonna offend some people hearing that no no, but it's not but it's not meant to be offensive or 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 provocative or anything like that because you don't see gay people hanging out in groups the way you do in san francisco there are at least 50 gay prostitutes. The same 50 gay prostitutes come out every single night. But on, you know, in theory, there's about 100, you know, because 50 travel the states mm-hmm. and 50 just come out, the same 50 come out every single day. So there's a community of 100 people. Gay people don't hang out like that in other parts of the country. Gay people are gay but they mingle with straight people or bisexual people. It don't matter, but they mingle. It's not just a group of gay dudes hanging out, being all gross, like the way they are in San Francisco. Right. I already told you, between Sutter and, and, and uh, Sutter and Post, and, like they're parallel, so it's, it's a big giant re- rectangle. Mm-hmm. It's from Hyde to Polk Street, which is, you know, Parallel and Sutter and Geary. No, not Sutter and Geary. Sutter and Post. So in that triangle, you will see a hundred gay dudes hanging out, having sex. Like you pick them up there and then they go have their sex somewhere in the area within like two or three miles of that. And then they'll poop and pee Ah. and use condoms all over that area. So it's just filthy. And then it 
goes further out because the dirtier that it is on the inside, it further spreads out and spreads out and spreads out. Those 100 prostitutes. And it's, you know, it's not hard to stop, but because they don't have to stop them, they're told not to stop them. And you can't sue the government for the problems that gay people are committing, not gay people, the, the gay prostitutes are, are committing. There is no motivation to clean up the city. Just that like there's no motivation. Well, there might be motivation now that the EPA is now going to sue San Francisco for having unclean, dirty water from the, from the um, not from the prostitutes, but from the drug addicts, you know, dumping their illegal needles and, and dumping all that, the plastic syringes into the drinking water or into the sewage system that affects the drinking water. Sure. So, you know what I mean? But that's the only way the federal government is going to sue. But, you know, what's it going to, what's going to happen? Nothing. The federal government's not going to make any money or, or, you know, they're just going to get reassigned somewhere else. So it, you know, is it just a political stunt? Yeah. But until the people honestly start thinking about how dirty, how disgusting it is, well, then it's never going to change. And, and, you know, again, like I was saying earlier, gay people outside of San Francisco do not congregate like that. You know what I mean? Like, like Brandon, your, your friend from uh, walk away, he's mm-hmm. not doing all that crazy stuff. He's, he's acting like a regular citizen doing what regular people do. And, and even female prostitutes don't do what those transgender prostitutes do. A normal prostitute will shower wherever she's or clean up, have some baby wipes or something and go to a public restroom. Mm-hmm. But something is mentally off with gay people, yeah, including your friends, because in this regard, straight or gay, do not do backdoor stuff. You don't. It's not clean. And if you do things like that, something's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. You know, it might seem like fun or sexually whatever, but it's really a sign of something wrong with you mentally. Right. Because you teach your children, don't play in your poop. It's that simple. You are playing in feces. That is a sign of any person who plays with their poop, something's wrong with them. That's, that's, you know, that's, that should be universally understood. Like seriously, when you're in prison and you see a dude playing in his poop, eating it, smearing it on the walls or whatever, you go, don't mess with that guy. He's crazy. He'll kill you. Mm-hmm. Something wrong with him. But well, outside kinda... of prison, it seems to be normal. It's normalized. Yeah. And that type of behavior is normalized in San Francisco. So not only do you have, because it's more than just being godless. It's being unaware of what we have to do. I know I feel like I'm rushing right now, but, but the thing is, it's the truth. Two major things. One, lifestyle. Mm-hmm. We have normalized mental illness. That Daphne, she was on her way up. She got a shout out from Dave Chappelle. Right. Just like four weeks ago, a month ago, she was like an up and coming star, a comedian. And she's actually pretty funny because in, like a lot of her jokes are actually conservative based. So she's, she was a transgender who was like Bruce Jenner, you know, like, you know, conservative and, but you know, just, has a weird sex fetish and uh, but either way but she ended up killing herself that you know whatever daphne whatever her name is she killed herself the other day and it just it was look it's a real mental illness she couldn't stand it anymore so she killed herself had nothing to do with dave Chappelle, nothing to do with her success or failures but it's a hard thing to be crazy and know that you're crazy and you can't do anything about it Cool. Which is why 12-step is so important, because you can't do anything about it. The first step in 12-step is to admit that you have no power over it, and you have to give yourself up to God. That's what you have to do. That's the first step. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so hard, because there is no God in San Francisco. It's, it's, uh, and that's why that term, the city of God, because these 
humans have become their own gods. <laughs> it's crazy. Makes sense. Yeah. Well, we got to wrap it up because yeah, I do got to hop on a call. But I any like quick any final thing. thoughts, though? <laughs> no, but that's the whole point because this is such a complicated issue. I mm-hmm. feel like I've said nothing. But I'm hoping people are understanding some of the things I said about public officials, how the public works, the government works. Uh, but, you know, like crap I, that's what i feel like i feel like you know i'm hoping people are gonna start fighting i don't know because it's more than just knowing god knowing jesus yeah that's the first step but there's 11 more steps to do it like seriously it's like to fix our society it's like going through a 12-step process you know but i just never really thought of it until just right now <laughs> yeah no but it's a good way to put it there and we'll talk about this you know in more depth i think tomorrow we'll try to focus more on on how how the infrastructure of that is because it also kind of relates to the building stuff but i gotta run so we'll yeah, yeah, do we'll talk thing. soon right money, brother yep. <laughs> take care guys